apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of home ownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338-923, Mac Home Mortgage and Equal Housing Lender, American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Mac Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L, call for additional details. Throwing jabs, always full sand. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jay's Clover Crest, top three corner man. Punching in with a punch's chance. We find a way to win. The main event, lock it in. Every Saturday at 10, the overhand is out of hand. When it comes to fist of cuffs, slide a hand on the undercard. You'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got you missing wave. Feet are stepping late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand and eighth, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move. Bob and wave, don't lose hope against the ropes. There's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round, bells ringing, counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging we bringing crosses with no worship hooks with no verses combinations with no locks when you feel the flurry it's curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats relax if you want the facts because the best combat podcast is throwing jabs hello ladies and gentlemen welcome to Throwing Jazz Combat Sports Podcast. I'm Big Jake, joined by Joe Aguirre and Jared Jones. We had a big UFC pay-per-view last weekend. We'll get to that very shortly. And we also got a big, big light heavyweight unification bout in boxing that we'll get to later on. But let's talk about that UFC pay-per-view starting off with the main event. Yuri Prohaska submits Glover Teixeira in the waning minutes, uh, waning seconds of that fight. Joe, Prohaska's your boy. Now he's got the gold. What'd you think of the fight? Uh, I'll be honest. There were times where I was a little worried about Prohaska. And while he definitely won this fight, obviously, uh, in, in pretty ironic fashion, he, he, uh, I'm a little worried about him going forward. I, I, I read a lot of stuff after the fight where, um, People have one of two reactions to this. Either he's going to reign this division for a while or he's in big trouble. That's pretty much all that I saw. And I love the guy, but gets hit a lot. And, 
in a in a five round main event, and that's what he'd be fighting going forward. I don't know. It, it, it was a great fight. It was super cool. Uh, uh, Glover Teixeira was such a good dude afterwards about it too. I love Pro. I'm glad he won gold, and, and he and he did it fast as per the plan. Um, but yeah, uh, I loved. I love that he was able to slap that that front guillotine on at the, at the end, uh, especially with the way Teixeira. And again, credit to Teixeira, who would have won the fight uh, had he just kind of backed yeah. off. And instead, he was trying to finish that fight and then got finished himself. So I give credit to Teixeira for, for again, I don't, maybe he didn't know where the scorecards were at, but. I love that Prohaska one. I'm 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 not super optimistic going forward if that's his best and his biggest fight. Yeah. But how I mean you're are you taking away from Teixeira here? What if Teixeira's really just that good? This guy Oh, I know he straight. is. He's a Hall of Famer. Easily. But that's listen, he's going to be fighting from here on out. Guys at Clover Teixeira's level. Yeah. And it took all he had in him, and I, I hate to say it, a little bit of luck, to seize that. I mean, again, that's what champions do. But in his first big, big fight, I don't think Dominic Reyes is that great. So in his first real big fight, this was a struggle. And there were definitely times where I thought, oh, boy, this is scaring me. And, yes, I was at the Yankee walk-off win the other night when Anthony Rizzo sent us packing. I was screaming for all night, so my voice is pretty shot. Yeah, there you go. Um, it's, either, it's either that or the uh, the Bushido drinking game that you played there. <laughs> I knew it had to be one or the other. Right on. I, listen, I love Yuri Prohaska, but, again, I, I he's not going to be a dominant champion. To, in the in the vein of a John Jones, uh, Israel Adesanya, I, I just that's what we wanted, and that's what I thought we were gonna get. We that's thought he was we gonna wanted. win there, that's what we and, thought we were gonna get. right? Yeah. Um, so in my heart of hearts, I'm hoping this was the greatest Glover Teixeira we've ever seen. That this was the pinnacle of his career. This is the greatest we've ever seen, and he and Perhashka were neck and neck. And this is the next guy, and that's how you pass a torch. That's how I'm choosing to believe it. <laughs> because I like this guy. All right. All right, cool. So we're going with that. That said, you don't get a lot of mileage when you fight five-round fights like that. If he gets three or four of those, he's going to have to retire when he's done. That it, it, I had this was – there was something different about this fight that I've had in any other fight ever. Um, because usually when you have a close round, it was boring more times than not. You have a close round. It's like, I don't really know who won and I don't care. Ten, ten. Um, or you kind of like this guy, that guy was close, you know, those close rounds. It's not one guy thoroughly dominated and you think he's going to get stopped. And then the other guy thoroughly dominated and you think he's going to get stopped. And then back and forth two more times and the round ends. And you're like, I don't, I don't yeah, have no, any idea who won that round. <laughs> yeah, that was a very unusual fight from that standpoint. You might see one round like that in a normal fight. 
but to see it multiple rounds, the was... ebbs and flows were so um, exaggerated. A la yeah. uh, Wilder Fury, it reminded me a little bit, where go, it's yeah. just going back and forth. And great, great fight. Yeah, and I like Rohashka, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with for now. Glover fought out of his mind, and Prohashka is still as good as we thought he was. Yeah, uh, yeah, I Oscar, Yeah, I, I was with you guys. I thought he was going to be like the next dominant force, but without John Jones, this division is just a revolving door of champions, and someone's eventually going to have to to take the throne and and just stay there. And I think with the I talk about this division a lot. I talk about the dinosaurs. Prohaska has that power. I can see him with, with the older guys at the top of the division getting, I don't want to say lucky, but knocking some guys out and going on a little bit of a run here. But is he going to be that dominant force? Like you mentioned, Joe, uh, John Jones, uh, Adesanya, Usman, no. But uh, it's. I think it's still going to be a revolving door like how heavyweight used to be. Stipe has the most for four defenses. I, I see this light light heavyweight turning into that, to be honest. So uh, we'll see. I mean, he's still young, big. He knows what it's like at the top now. Hopefully he can. this could be his learning experience. And who knows? We might see a different Prohaska, and he might turn into that. Dominant. You know what? Uh, to that In that vein, Jace, you're right. You know, he said after the fight that he thought he didn't fight well. And I I like to hear stuff like that. You don't go out there and destroy somebody. You didn't fight your best fight. You could say that. I think the fact that he recognizes that he got out by the skin of his teeth with a win here, that he's the disciplined guy who goes to the gym now and figures out how 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 do I do better next time? And I because I, I, you know I, I think a lot of these guys you win a fight like this and you're like hey look I I, I had him and it's like no you didn't you know <laughs> to to be that realistic and to understand that there were things that he did I didn't expect um, a much tougher fight than I anticipated go back to the drawing board I got to figure some things out that's what I want in a champion that's what I want in every fighter that's somebody that's gonna draw. Yes. My favorite of those was George Foreman after the Michael Moore knockout, where 11 rounds, he finally lands that big right hand and knocks him out, and he'll tell you, so I was setting him up. You see in the third and the fourth and the fifth when I was getting my ass kicked, what was really going on. You see my left hand right there. I was yeah. <laughs> setting yeah. him up for that. I just want to take 45 minutes of an ass whooping yeah. before I see slipped into my trap. <laughs> no. No, I want to hear him respond like you said, like perhaps. Right. Did. You know, it's funny, especially with the guys in boxing, you know, guys like Stevenson and, and Haney and, and Lopez after their fights, no matter what happens, they're like, I thought like, I'm, it's like, dude, it's okay to look in the mirror and be like, I could do better. I want to do better. Get better. Yeah. I can That's learn from takes. this fight. Yeah. For real. Yeah. And, uh, it's funny that you brought that up. I was actually <laughs> TikTok and I saw an interview with, uh, Conor McGregor, he's like, uh, you ever watch The Simpsons? There's an episode of Homer Simpson, he's boxing. And he just takes all the beatings. He just takes as many punches as he can. And then eventually the other guy ties out, ends up falling asleep and getting getting the count because of that. And then he said that was what it was like fighting Nate Diaz the first time. 
So, yeah, I mean, like how you brought that up with George Foreman, yeah. So, but uh, oh, yeah. we're talking about close rounds and everything. Let's let's talk about not just a close round, close fight. Valentina Shevchenko takes the split decision against Talia Santos. Very controversial split decision. Talia Santos, that's your girl, Jared. I'll let you start it off. What did you think of this fight? Hey, now nobody else was giving this girl a chance, and she won this fight. Three to two, four to one. Either one of those cards I'm okay with. Four to one, Shevchenko. You showed me that fourth round that you were kind of on the fence with. Let's watch that five minutes together, and you tell me how that went to Shevchenko. I love that girl. She's a great fighter. She's a class act. No issue with Shevchenko, but Santos, when I first saw her, she has something. There's something here. She's a name I brought up after her. Uh, did she debuted on the Contender Series? Um, and this is geez, This is uh, what are we looking at? 2018, August 11, 2018. So, so a few years. I've almost four years. I've been tracking this girl and waiting for her to get this shot and saying she's that good. She just beat McCann, who looked like she was on her way. And then we get this. Um, th this doesn't hurt enough to win a fight. I get that these are strikes. I'm striking myself. That's about 40 of them. I'm sure I have multiple concussions and brain damage. You can't count those as damage because you're not doing any damage. There's a thing in, in uh, Australia called tag boxing. They wear a little vest and you touch it to get points. And if you hit in the head, you lose points if you hit the other person in the head. And if you knock somebody out, you lose points. You're just real. And they get in there and they're just look like touching each other. It's not about doing damage. So if you want to do that and score it like that, we can score it like that. I can't wait till this LFA scoring gets out. Did you see that last night? They now have the live, um, what's that score thing they use, Jace? They now have it live, so you watch the scoring as the guys go fluctuate through the round based on their strikes and the miles per hour, and the, they've got it's it's math and it makes sense. And when they have a winner at the end, it makes sense to me. Even when I have the other person, I can look at the numbers and go, yeah, but that makes sense. This doesn't make sense to me. Am I? Am I? Am I? Am I as far off as like I? What? A lot of times when we get these, I'm like, yeah, I could see how you had it scored that way. I don't see how you have it scored four one, Shevchenko. I even have trouble with three to two. I want to watch that third round that you were on the fence about. And what you're going to end up with is takedowns and control from Santos and this from Shevchenko. And I'll take the control over the patty cake. And I don't it's a fight. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot down your theory because you just set up against the fence. Well, speaking of, here's when the fight ended. Shevchenko could have gone six more rounds. Uh Santos did take a lot of damage and and on first sight, Jared, I'm with you. Hold on. I'm with you. I, I thought Santos won this fight 49-46. That was my initial reaction. Okay. You know, Tony's a big fan of Shevchenko. He sent me the fight stats. And 
again, kind of in rewatching some of the fight, Santos did uh, fought a good fight. Um, she really didn't do anything in the way to damage Shevchenko sure. at all, and she had her she had her moments. And I know, you know, I know, I know from the back doing this, but doing that prevented Santos from doing anything in the way. I mean, again, Shevchenko could have gone on a, on one of her model shoots after the fight and, and a, a little bit of, she'd have been fine. Santos's face is destroyed right now. Headbutt. Um, That's a headbutt. That was a, that was a incident. Whatever the case, it happens. Again, Shevchenko smart going right at it too after she did it. Yeah, I but, give Santos a lot of credit. Again, my initial thought at when when they announced Shevchenko won, <laughs> I'll be honest, I was shocked. I was yeah. shocked. I've been convinced that it was about damage, and I can buy that looking at the face. Um, and again, just the uh, just look at the posture at the end of this fight against the fence. Who does it look like won that fight? Oh, yeah, now you could put up a hundred of no, these. No, Come on. Listen, listen that's, that's immediately after. Give me the a picture. Hey, pull Joe, up the. Listen, Joe's right there, but that's the thing. These judges are stupid. These are boxing judges. Why Why do you think they're giving rounds to Shevchenko here? Because Talia Santos was on the ground going for the neck a, a whole bunch of time, and boxing judges don't know what to, don't know what that is. Like I, I I brought this up before, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, Tyron Woodley, their first fight. Tyron Woodley spent a bunch of time going for a guillotine. After the <laughs> fight, he runs into one of the judges, and the judge says, "Hey, why are you wasting your time going for that?" There are judges there thinking a whole round of that is wasting. Is Santos wasting her time? They don't understand the ground. Game. But it, and it but it was. It, it was, but it's still control. That's still dominating the the, the time of the ground. So I, it was wasting time, but still judges see that as, hey, not da- damage isn't getting done. So yeah, should should it? I, but the thing is, is with the boxing judges don't understand the ground game. So that that's where you're gonna have issues like this when you have someone like Italia Santos. My biggest thing was when they announced the third the third judge. Now, now be honest with yourself. Everybody out there in, in throwing jabs and, and Clovercrest Media World, be honest with yourself. When they read the scorecards and said two to three, three to two, and then they read that third scorecard four to one. You thought it was Santo, you thought it was Shevchenko that won? When you heard four to one, I got up out of my chair. That's what made me sure when I heard the four, the last judge four to one. Oh, that's it. Got it. They had one of those last week where the uh, Martinez is what? Oh, oh, he pulls out of his trainer's hands and he's walking out of the octagon when they announced that he's the winner. So the reaction up against the fence or whatever, like how the guy reacted, he heard the judge's scorecard. I like oh. And then turn around and went like that. Did you see the fight last week? Oh, I, I won. <laughs> I won. It's not a lottery, dude. It's a fight, and you shouldn't be that shocked about the fact that you won. And when I heard four one, 
That's what bothers me the most. I heard 4-1. I'm like, oh, that has to be Santos. Because there's no way you would score 4-1 for Shevchenko. When you heard 4-1, your instinct was that Santos had won that fight. Yeah. All of us. Yeah, but I, I will say tough to see four one Shevchenko. Yeah, that's yeah, but uh, you just want to put that there, Joe. I do. Listen, uh, look the, uh, again. I think Santos did did really well, and yes, Jared. When I heard forty nine forty six, I sank in my chair. I did the opposite of you, but again, if you look at the fight stats. Um, it, it's not even close. 229 total strikes to 86 landed. 57 significant strikes to 33. 29 headshots to 11. Eight body shots to six. 20 leg to 16. The only thing she had was the 849 control, but Shevchenko had 415. They both had three takedowns. It's a very even fight. But at the What's end of the, the night, all time look like. Uh, it was, um, yeah, eight forty nine to four fifteen. So it was that kind of fight. But again, I, I I would say take take half of that eight forty nine was her holding Shevchenko and just getting bashed in her face over and over again. You're you're not controlling somebody who's beating the crap out of your face. You're not controlling them. Okay, putting a body lock in and then taking 40 shots to your face is not control time. It's the opposite of controlling somebody because they're bashing your face in and you can't do anything. Also, you could see the strength. Every time Santos try to lock it in, Shevchenko's like, get off me, bitch. What's not happening? You ain't choking out a Russian, you clown. She's Kyrgyzstanian. Same difference. <laughs> Ukrainians too. They're all Russians. Love so I got right now. I got a quick. I just got a quick shot. I want to take a look at if one of you guys can pop that up real quick. If it's you coming. look, if you look closely at the faces while they're while they're leaning back, they're not up against the fence, but just look closely at their faces, and you can see one of them is celebrating and scoring a touchdown. And the other one's about to lose a Super Bowl 52 to 17. You got to look at the eyes. That's a flow, bam. There you go. Now, if you look at the face, if you look at his face, Joe, he's about, he scored it to celebration time. Huh? Look at that smile. <laughs> look at Leon Led grinning, scoring touchdowns. And Don Beebe's losing a Super Bowl by 35. Look at the anguish, the anguish on his face. So the picture doesn't always tell the whole story, Joe. No, <laughs> Leon Led's celebration wasn't because he wasn't because he got the touchdown. It didn't happen to happen the way their faces kind of tell right there. This was them. Here's a picture from the locker room five minutes after the fight. Look how nice Shevchenko. I'm just she, looks, she looks fresh. Look, there it is. You're not, even, you're not even looking at Santos in that picture. You're not even looking. Uh, okay. Back to the foxhole who you got. Oh, wait. 
I, I will say I, I think this this fight is what's best for the flyweight division. Yeah, no more Shevchenko necessarily bum of the month club. I think we we get a rematch, uh, at least something uh, to, to at least question it a little bit more. I mean, I know Jared was on Santos, but I mean everyone else. Well, and she did better than you thought. Yeah. I, I feel like I picked somebody who represented themselves well, even though they got the loss. And you're right, Joe. To be fair, I got to say on the other side, she had ample opportunities to land some of those strikes, even if they weren't deafening knockout strikes. Shevchenko was just working and made it look like outworking, even though she wasn't in control of the fight. So... Don't leave it to the judges type stuff. Yeah, you gotta land some shots there when you're when you're in it, such a dominant position. These two definitely gotta run this back. Hundred percent. They're, they're, to me, and I know she's talking about Misha Tate. Nobody gives a crap about Misha Tate. I mean, Jace does, but nobody else cares about Misha Tate. Generally speaking, run this one back. There, there's no reason not to. This was a great fight, and again, you could. I, I've seen. Uh, DC has come out this week, Derek Cormier, uh, and and said the same thing that Santos won that fight and got robbed. Yeah, he did that at ringside. Like he made a whole post on social media. Yeah. Well, he hasn't stopped talking about it. Yeah. Well, and and you've got to believe that Santos, being the fresher fighter, I want to say, um. Just like brain plasticity and no disrespect to Shevchenko, but if somebody's going to come in there and have made those adjustments, I think they're probably easier for Santos to make the adjustments to be more dominant in the fight than Shevchenko. And I listen, I realized there was a headbutt involved, but you don't think that the side of Shevchenko's head hurt from hitting Santos's face? I'm sure it did. Sure. Well, I, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Listen, kidding. we're moving on. We got a great who you got from Jared. But uh, first, let's take a break and hear what the more <laughs> There's no bigger investment than home ownership. And to make sure the house is up to your standards, you need a professional to look it over. Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections is a licensed home inspector and a member of the Connecticut Association of Home Inspectors. Brian was a contractor for over 15 years so he knows how homes should be constructed and how mechanicals should work. What makes me a good home inspector was the 20 years that I was a home improvement person doing all the different repairs that I have done and what other people have done wrong that I had to go out and fix. So I have a pretty quick eye on seeing what's right and what's wrong. Before you move, call Shamrock Home Inspections. Before you make the biggest investment of your life, call Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections at 860-268-2566 or visit shamrockhomeinspectionct.com. All right. Shout out to Shamrock Home Inspection for sponsoring today's episode. Now, let's get into the who you got. I dubbed it heir to the throne. This is Jared came up with that one, with this one, though. Uh, who the up-and-comers, the people that we eventually are going to know, who is the bre- best next bright up-and-comers in combat sports? People the casuals don't necessarily know, but the that you we believe will be in con, title contention within the next couple years. Jared, this is this was your idea, so I'll let you uh, start us off. Oh yeah, I got a I got a fistful here. There's a bunch that you should know. 
I sent a graphic. Um, uh, Jaron Enos, Stephen Fulton. Uh, Fulton, I said to take a look at last week. They're talking about him in Inouye. That should be fun. So those are just a few names you should know, Richardson Hitchens. But um, the cream of the crop here. Kayla Harrison. Again, now that's a name you should know. Um, Roman Deladze, this guy's fighting tonight. He's a plus 220. I really, really like this guy uh, in MMA. He can fight. I'm obviously the boxing guy, and you're, you're those are the ones you're going to get from me. But uh, if my eye means anything in MMA, this Deladze guy is very, very good. Sonny Edwards, no pop. This guy, I don't want to compare him to Loma, but hand speed, footwork, everything but punching power. Sonny Edwards, keep an eye out. Uh, Chantel Cameron, she went 6-1 and one against Estelle Mosley. Um, and Mosley beat Katie Taylor. 1-3 against Katie Taylor. So Chantel Cameron, Estelle Mosley, names to know. This one's for you, Jace. Julio Cesar La Cruz. This is the next great heavyweight in boxing. Keep an eye out for that guy. You're welcome. And these last two, these are my favorites. Sofia Achigaba. This is a female. This is a uh, beat Katie Taylor in the amateurs, beat Chantel Cameron in the amateurs, beat Natasha Jones in the amateurs, beat everybody in the amateurs. She's a Beast, and she has not started yet. Same thing with Sofane Om Omaya Om Omaha. Om I'm having a little trouble with the last name. Silver medalist 2016. Uh, Concepcion moved up. Already lost a fight to Diaz. Those bottom two, female, male, boxing. Write them down. Get to know them. These guys will hold belts shortly and that julio cesar la cruz is going to be your favorite in, in the next couple of years here jace yeah all right uh okay i'll keep an eye out but i mean I, we know how how spot on you've been you did the gone the turby effort we'll talk about later savannah marshall um Usyk. i like forget one U Usyk, <laughs> Ortiz. Ortiz. yeah so you Keep these names, all, all you guys listening and watching. It might be worth taking a picture yeah. of, given the track record, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> but, uh, all right, Joe, who you got? Um, so You mentioned Jared Ennis. Uh, is is he on your list or no? Um, I I feel like if you've got your ear to the ground that um, Jared Ennis, Stephen Fulton, and Kaylin Harrison are names you should already know. Okay. So – yeah, honorable mention, but it, it's not you're not digging deep enough, I feel like, to, if you if you get boots Enos, because we ought to know who Ennis is. How about Keyshawn Davis? 23 okay. year old lightweight former uh former Olympian. Um watched his last fight and he is really, really good. Uh I love him. And I'm going to throw another name out there, and and again, another guy uh, watched him knock out Jeremiah Yeager back in January is Nico Ali Walsh, mm. and I'll tell you why. From his previous fight to the last fight against Yeager, there were a lot of people 
who were like, nah, this kid, they're fa- they're facing him off with bums. They're trying to build this kid up. He's not that good, uh, technically speaking. He made major strides in the Jaeger fight. And I think if he's smart and humble enough, and obviously with the name and the pedigree, I think that this kid can li- literally turn out to be something more than just, you know, you know, Babe Ruth's daughter always goes around talking and they're like, dude, you're Babe Ruth's grand. Who, what? What does it have to do with anything? You know, she she can't hit the fastball. She should just shut up already. But this kid, I'm telling you, this would be special if Muhammad Ali's son became something great. So I got him on my list. Now, I'll move over to the mixed martial arts side. Fumi Kuta. Fights out of Brunswick, New Jersey. He's a flyweight. 5-0 as a pro. 5-0 as an amateur. He trains at a Weidman MMA. His nickname, Turbo. And here's the thing about this guy that everybody says. He looks like he's like he's been around forever. Just handles himself like a, like a veteran pro. That's the kind of stuff I look for in someone that's going to blow up on a scene. I'll give you another one. Corbin Howard. He's a bantamweight, 24 years old, 9-0 in his career, 6-0 as an amateur. This dude got his black belt in taekwondo at the age of 7. By the age of 8, he won his first world title. From the ages of 8 to 14 years old, he won six world titles, a three-time state qualifier at Missouri State in wrestling, all state his junior year, um... This guy is great with the hands. He's great on the feet. He's got, to me, I think just the right um, skill set that he would do very well. What's the name of the UFC? His name is Corbin Howard, C-O-R-B-I-N. And then I got two ladies I want to mention. Josephine Lingrid Nutson. It's a funny name. Strawweight, 26 years old, 3-0 in her pro career. She was 27 and 5 as a kickboxer. She's also a Muay Thai um, champion. Uh, she won the 2018 IFMA World Championship. The, she's tough as nails. Again, a, a name to keep an eye on. And I'll throw you one more Jacqueline Amorium. She fights out of Manuas, Amazonas, Brazil, where all the good Brazilian fighters seem to come out of. Uh, she's a jujitsu master. She just transitioned to MMA in 2020. Um, she is the, uh, IBF JJF world champion, um, Brazilian champion. She's got another champ. I mean, she's, she's good, really good. Finishes fights. Uh, she has a 100% finish rate. Every single fight she has had has been stopped in the first round. Jacqueline Amorim. Remember the name. Damn. It's my list. All right. I got a comment. Um, first of all, Nico Ali Walsh, he's just not that good. That that one's not that one's that one's a he's net. gonna he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna get better and he's got the name and someone is gonna wanna fight him. Oh yeah, now someone's probably gonna kick his ass. Um, maybe. So this is a good news, bad news comment, though. That's the bad news, Joe. Good news is um, uh, my guy, 
my my guys so so fain uh omeha omiha omiha maybe that i is long um last guy to beat him he's a two and oh professional just went pro won his last 17 amateur fights who's the last guy to beat him pop quiz they're both 135 Keyshawn davis in the in the amateurs is the answer to that question wouldn't it be nice if our guys uh ended up fighting one another this is i like it future title fight is omaha and Keyshawn davis i think those are the two guys absolutely you should be watching at 135 to to come up and uh take over absolutely good list joe really good list this corbin howard kid looks serious too man yeah big dude oh yeah Long guy. i love it yeah oh yeah all right i got three <laughs> names for you two of them uh i mean yeah, I don't know. I don't know about two of them. One. There better not be any high school wrestlers on your list. Not high school, but uh, all right. So Junior high. <laughs> I, 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 I think with this list, I, I think we'd be remiss if no one mentioned Sean O'Malley. I know he's pretty much a stay in the, uh, a staple in uh, MMA and the UFC right now. But still, he is still one of those young guys who I think will, when he gets his chance, make the best of it and. Possibly be the new king at 135. And then a similar vein, but a guy like no one's talking about, 19-0, Bryce Mitchell, thug nasty. Uh, Venom gave him his respect, got him his camo uh, shorts. The, this dude's a beast. Uh, to, took care of Edson Barbosa in his last fight. The, this dude's one of – this dude, I love that he's fighting at 145 because he fits in right up top there with the 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 – Yair Rodriguez, Brian Ortega's, Max Holloway's, uh, Volkanovski's. He's just a tough guy that will go five rounds, and it'll be a brawl. It'll be a, a entertaining show. Uh, so, yeah, I think he's a guy that once he, he can get his name up in there and uh, have some fun fights. You ever see Bryce Mitchell interview, Joe? You ever see a Bryce Mitchell interview? Yeah. The thing I love about this guy is he's the guy you would think you want to fight. You know, <laughs> I didn't look like I could dunk a basketball in high school, but I used to love that. I boxed, I rapped, I played basketball, and anybody who was looking through the crowd would do the Woody Harrelson thing. <laughs> I'll take on that guy. You know, I love that. So I, I Bryce Mitchell is uh, for that reason. You listen to him talk. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you would be like, okay, yeah, I'll fight that guy. And he's just a world beater. Yeah. Great, great name to know, Jace. Good yeah, one. All right. And then my last one, I, I've spoken about him before. Hasn't officially made his MMA debut. He, he has expressed interest in that. Gable Stevenson. He's working with WWE right now. That was just so he could go through college, get an NIL deal. Multiple time uh, heavyweight champ at, in NCAA. He's going to be Brock Lesnar when he comes over and makes a transition, but he has a uh, a gold medal in the Olympics. He's Brock Lesnar mixed with a little bit of Kurt Angle. He's going to come to MMA and dominate at heavyweight. Gable so Stevenson. he's got the personality of two of the worst people in the sport. It's awesome. Well, I, he's got a great personality, He's, but I'm talking accolades-wise. This dude's a beast. 
and when he does make his MMA debut. I, I, oh. I said it here first. I mentioned it last year, and then he then he went out and run, won a gold medal. So, uh, yeah, he's going to be a beast when he makes that transition. Jeez. I don't know. Really? What? No way. I don't like it. I got, uh, because to, in order, these are the type of guys I would beat up all the time at the gym. I mean, I'm sure this guy would kick my ass. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying, I'm not saying I would beat up Gable Stevenson, just that he doesn't – I would worry about the movement and flexibility when he got in there with a, with guys that can move around and Ganu and, and Gan are the guys we're looking at at the top of that division right now. This guy's too bulky. Guys like that don't don't usually do well. Yeah, I don't know. This guy's too know. big and uh the experience how old is 22 years old? Wow. I don't know, Jace. You might have something here. He's the guy. He's the guy. He's the guy. Huh. He's gonna be the next the next great heavyweight. But uh huh. All right. I hope everyone watching at home and listening at home, you had your notebooks out. You're taking notes because, I mean, we we threw a a bunch of names against the wall. Some of them are going to stick, right? We know what we're talking about. So most of them are going to stick. Let's go. But uh, all right. Now, instead of looking for future, future, well, let's, let's get back to the present. We got some fun, fun fights tonight. But first, let's hear one more word from one of our sponsors. We can expect another wet summer in Connecticut, and that means more mosquitoes than ever. If you don't have your home service for mosquito control and you find you're spending most of your outside time swatting those little pests, or you did have your yard sprayed but you still have bites all over your body, you're in luck. Mosquito Shield of Central Connecticut provides the best value in mosquito control services because of how they treat your yard using the Mosquito Shield Tailored Treatment System. All mosquito control services is not the same. They don't use a fixed schedule or an identical product, one-size-fits-all service program. You can't control mosquitoes on a set number of sprays or visits. Unlike the competition, Mosquito Shield of Central Connecticut will service you for this season whatever it takes to provide superior results. The promise has awarded them an industry-leading customer retention rating of 90%. Visit MosquitoShieldCNCT.com to schedule an appointment with Wade DeCesare and enjoy the rest of the summer mosquito-free. from Austin, Texas is the UFC on ESPN 37 featuring a featherweight bout in the main event between Calvin Qatar and Josh Emmett. Let's break it down. Josh Emmett is 37 years old. He's five foot six with a 70 inch reach and a record of 17 and two with six knockouts from Sacramento, California. He began wrestling in high school and continued in college where he earned a bachelor's degree in liberal arts. After college, he joined Uriah Faber's Ultimate Fitness Gym to pursue a career in MMA and began training in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. He had a brief amateur career before turning pro in 2011 with a unanimous decision. However, he broke his head in that fight, and after it healed, he broke it again in sparring, delaying his return until 2013 when he submitted Mike Ryan with a guillotine choke. 
He then won his next seven, picking up the West Coast Fight Club's lightweight title before making his UFC debut in May of 2016 with a split decision over John Tuck. Seven months later, he defeated Scott Holtzman by decision, but in his next fight, he suffered his first loss when he dropped a split decision to Desmond Green. In December of 2017, he knocked out Ricardo Lamas with a perfectly timed left hook, but just two months later, he was himself knocked out in the first headliner by Jeremy Stevens. He bounced back the following year with a thunderous one-punch knockout of Michael Johnson and four months later dropped Miss Rod Bechtick with a powerful jab on the first round before finishing him with grounded pound. After being sidelined for a year due to injuries, he returned with a dominant performance over Shane Burgos, earning his first fight of the night bonus, and in December of 2021 edged out a unanimous decision over veteran Dan Ige in a thrilling and action-packed fight that saw both men rock multiple times. One of the hardest hitters in the division, Emmett possesses excellent speed, a solid wrestling background, and explosive one-punch knockout power in both hands. Calvin Qatar is 34 years old. He's 5'11 with a 72-inch reach and a record of 23-5 with 11 knockouts and two submissions. From Methuen, Massachusetts, he took up wrestling his freshman year going on to become ranked fifth at the Division I MIAA State Championships. After deciding not to wrestle in college, he instead got an associate's degree at Middleton Community College and made his pro MMA debut in June of 2007 with a first-round TKO. He then went 16-2 and with seven knockouts while fighting in the New England Regional Circuit before making his UFC debut in July of 2017 with a unanimous decision over Andre Fili. Followed that up with a third-round knockout of Shane Burgos before dropping a unanimous decision to Renato Moncayo. He bounced back with two impressive first-round knockouts over Chris Fishgold and Ricardo Lamas before headlining his first UFC event, albeit in a losing effort against Zabi Megara Shaparov. In his next fight at UFC 249, he took on perennial contender Jeremy Stevens, who came out to a fast start, beating up Qatar's lead leg and letting some brutal combinations before getting dropped with a vicious elbow and finished with ground and pound. After signing a new contract with the UFC, he took on the highly regarded Dan Ige, putting on an impressive display of skill and power, dominating with his jab and reach and route to a wide unanimous decision. On January 16, 2021, he faced former champion and all-time great Max Holloway, ending up on the losing side of one of the most one-sided beatings in UFC history and sustaining heavy damage as Holloway landed a record 445 strikes, including 141 of the first round alone. Exactly a year later, he made his return to the octagon, putting on an impressive and dominant performance against up-and-coming Jige Chikadze, controlling the action from the start and almost scoring a knockout in the final seconds and route to a wide unanimous decision victory. A highly proficient technical striker, Qatar possesses excellent power and some of the best boxing in MMA, using his jab, low kicks, and reach to keep his opponents at distance while landing at a rate of over five strikes per minute. Can Emmett take out Qatar with his speed and explosive knockout power? Or will the Boston finisher overwhelm his opponent with volume and relentless pressure as both men seek a shot at featherweight gold? Tune in Saturday night to the UFC on ESPN, Qatar versus Emmett, and let's find out. This is, I mean, we we have we mentioned at the top of the show, we have a great, great boxing bout. But I think that this is going to be the, the the 
the casual fight. I think a lot of people are going to watch this because this is going to be all-out war, back and forth. Both these guys love to brawl. It's going to be a very, very fun night. If you put technical aspects, I think Viterbia versus Joe Smith, Smith Jr., that's, that's the fight you want. If you're a hardcore, this is going to be the casual. This is going to be fun. I mean, granted, uh, even hardcore fans, you love watching two guys beat the crap out of each other. But, Joe, who do you have coming out victorious tonight? Well, um, if, because I love Jared, I'm going to take Calvin Qatar. <laughs> the last time, uh, I'm sure you all remember that that uh, when when was that, Jared? January of 2021. Uh, we watched that Max Holloway Calvin Qatar fight, and I had joked on the show we could see a thousand strikes. I didn't mean by Holloway. <laughs> um, a year later, this guy comes back to the sport and beats one of the biggest up-and-coming stars in the sport. I like it. Okay? I, and I got to tell you, that says so much about Qatar. I... I to me, look at a guy like Tony Ferguson and all the beatings he's taken. He's a shell of himself. He's an absolute shell of himself. Qatar came back like nothing ever happened. So as as I look at this fight, I like Josh Emmett. I just I don't know. I don't I, I think Qatar's too much out of his league. Qatar's one of the better boxers, not the best. That's Max Holloway, but one of the better boxers in the sport. So if they're gonna stand there and throw hands, uh yeah, I, I just I like Qatar. I think third round this fight's over. I think Qatar's on top of Emmett, pounding his face in, and then everybody goes home. The over-under's four and a half. They're giving plus money on the under. I'm with you, Joe. Take that plus money. I'm also with you on the pick. Qatar's got better hands and a better chin. So I'll take the guy with better hands and better chin in the fight that's probably going to be a stand-up battle with, with their hands. That's, that's, that's an easy call. Yeah, and there are not too many people. Yeah. It's funny you said, no, not the best, because that's Max Holloway. But give me another guy you slide into there as better boxer than Calvin Qatar. He's one of the best we have in the, in the, in the, in the UFC. And uh, he wins this fight, I think. Unless Emmett shows me things I've never seen before, Qatar wins this fight. I'm going Josh Emmett. I'm going to go the knockout power. Uh, I'm going to go the wrestling as well. I think Josh Emmett has an ability, if he is getting outboxed, to take it to the ground, uh, throw in one of those. Uh, I mean, it works with the Uriah Faber uh, guillotines there. Uh, maybe put a, put Cater to sleep. But I, I don't he think he hasn't had a submission happen. since 2015. Okay. I understand so that's that. not happening. That's why I said, yeah, it's probably not going to happen. But I think he can control the fight on the ground. Uh, wear Calvin Cater out a little bit and then maybe land knockout shot and then fifth, maybe fourth. But uh, I, I think Josh Emmett gets it done. Uh, both these guys, uh, I, I feel like I'm always picking against them. I feel like both these guys are are very, very uh, – I look past all the time. So it, it, I'm just going to go the knockout guy and the wrestler because – because that's what I like. I like knockouts and I like wrestling. 
I also find Emmett and and his his resume is underwhelming. Very. Um yeah. his maybe best win to date is his last win over Dan Igay, who's lost four of his last five fights. Meanwhile, Qatar just beat the 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 best up and coming guy in the sport. I, I just I don't think Emmett's got it in him to beat somebody at this caliber. I don't. Well, I mean, and you look at the top. The let's go through the last four fights. Okay, you got Jeremy Stevens, Dan Ige, Max Holloway, and Gigi Chigadze, right for uh, for Qatar. Ige, we're gonna X because he also fought Emmett, right? They both beat Ige. Yep. Jeremy Stevens, Qatar has a win. Emmett has a loss. And in the last two, we're going to have a tag team bout where Max Holloway and Gigi Chigadze fight against Shane Burgos and Mirsad Bektik. I'll take <laughs> Holloway <Yeah>. Gigi. <laughs> Qatar all day. Yes, no matter which metric you go into here and try to look at it, I really, I feel like it's Qatar. Maybe you're right, Jace. There's a big shot. There's some wrestling. If he just goes strictly wrestling, but can he can he hold Qatar down? Better have tried and failed, I feel like. Well, I, I also think Emmett, like, he, he's sparring with some top guys. Uriah Faber works with um, uh, what's Paige Van Zandt's husband or boyfriend. Trains with that him, too. He's, he's right at Bellator. Uh, Cody Garbrandt, I, I think the, the team Wait a minute, wait. Now I gotta stop you when you say he trains with top guys like Cody Garbrandt and Uriah Faber. At, at that division. Like those are ten years ago. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, yeah. It, I, I think either way, I, I, I both these guys, I, I don't know. I it's not that I don't like them. I, I think I overlook them a lot. I don't feel confident picking anyone because I. That's fair. None of these guys are gonna be world beaters. None of these guys, I, I don't see getting a title shot any real time soon. Maybe, maybe because it's one forty-five and Volkanovski is just gonna go the bum of the month route. Route maybe, but uh, nah. I think it's gonna be a fun fight, but I, I, there's no clear cut. Winner, I, I don't think Calvin Cater is good, but for have it to be a clean sweep, I, I don't think so. But uh, yeah, it's gonna be a fun one. But uh, you want to talk about fun fights? The fun, big, big match tonight. Jared, your boy Arthur Baturbiev versus Joe Smith Jr. to unify the light heavyweight division in boxing. And then there's Bibble still there, but uh, to figure out who's undisputed, and we'll get to that hopefully. But first, this one has to take place, and Joe's gonna break it down for us. Saturday Night Live from Madison Square Garden. It's a light heavyweight unification bout between Joe Smith Jr. and Arthur Baturbiev. Let's break it down. Joe Smith Jr. is 32 years old. He's six foot tall with a 76 inch reach and a record of 28 and three with 22 knockouts. From Long Island, New York, he took up boxing in his teens, and after a very brief amateur career consisting of one win and one loss, he turned pro in October of 2009 
with a first-round knockout of David Brown. He won his first six by stoppage before suffering his first loss the following year by a fourth-round TKO to Eddie Caminero. He bounced back in 2011 with a second-round knockout of Santos Martinez and then won his next 14 with 10 knockouts before blowing out Poland's Andre Fonfara in one round that claimed the WBC International Light Heavyweight title in June of 2016. Six months later, he ended the career of legendary Hall of Famer Bernard Hopkins, overwhelming the former champion and becoming the only person to ever stop him when he knocked him clear out of the ring in round eight. Seven months later, he lost his belt to veteran Sullivan Barrera, dropping him in the first round before getting completely dominated for the remainder of the fight after sustaining a broken jaw in round two. He returned a year later with a first-round knockout of Melvin Russell. However, in his next fight, he was completely outclassed by WBA champion Dimitri Bibble, managing to stun the Russian in the 10th before almost getting stopped himself en route to a wide unanimous decision loss. After a very close split decision over Jesse Hart and a very impressive ninth-round knockout of former champion Eldadir Oliveres, he picked up the vacant WBL light heavyweight title with an extremely close and controversial majority decision over Maxim Vlasov. In January 2022, he made his first defense of this title with an impressive ninth-round knockout of last-minute replacement Steve Gaffard, who took the fight on eight days' notice. One of the hardest hitters in the light heavyweight division, Smith is a tough-as-nails pressure fighter who possesses a granite jaw and thudding power in both hands. Archer Paterbiev is 37 years old. He's 6 feet tall with a 73-inch reach and a record of 17-0 with 17 knockouts. From Havas, Yurt Dagestan, he took up boxing at an early age, embarking on an illustrious amateur career that saw him win silver at the 2007 as well as gold at the 2009 World Championships, though he fell short of making the 2012 Olympics after losing to future pound-for-pound great Alexander Usyk. He turned pro in June of 2013 with a second-round knockout after amassing an amateur record of 295-5 and five and won his first four-by knockout before taking on Tavoris Cloud for the NABA light heavyweight title, giving the former champion a hellacious beating and dropping him multiple times en route to a devastating second-round knockout. He blew out his next five opponents before taking on Enrico Coling for the recently vacated IBF light heavyweight belt, winning the title with a last-minute 12th-round knockout. In October of 2018, he made his first defense, engaging in a wild back-and-forth slugfest with number seven-ranked Colum Johnson that saw both men get hurt and dropped before he finished off Johnson around four with a brutal right hook. After a fifth-round knockout of Radaje Kaladic, he faced WBC champion Oleksandr Wojcik bludgeoning the Ukrainian and dropping him three times in route to a 10th-round stoppage to become the unified champion. Five months later, he defended his belts against Adam Dennis in Russia, knocking out the number five contender in the 10th round with a vicious left hook, and on December 17, 2021, survived a nasty cut over the eye from an accidental clash of heads to dismantle and bludgeon New York's Marcus Brown, dropping him in the seventh and ninth rounds before the referee called a halt to the action. A heavy-handed pressure fighter, Paterbiev is excellent at cutting off the ring while relentlessly breaking down his opponents with combinations to the body and possesses explosive knockout power in both fists, as attested to by the fact that he's the only champion in all of combat sports to hold a 100% knockout rate. Will the strength and gritty determination of the common man be enough to prove he belongs among the very best of the division? 
or will the relentless pressure and crippling power of Baturbiev prove to be too much as both men seek a showdown with Dmitry Bivol for the unified light heavyweight gold? Tune in Saturday night and let's find out. All right, Jared. Baturbiev, your boy. I mean, out of all all the, the names that you've mentioned over the years, Turbiev was the first. You, you've been on his train the whole time. But is he going to falter tonight? No way. No way. This is one of the strongest guys in boxing, probably pound for pound. The strongest guy in boxing, as Joe said, evidenced by his 100% knockout. Uh, 17 out of 17, all by knockout. They're also giving you plus money on this under eight and a half. Take that. Scrape that because uh, Joe Smith's a, a fighter. He's a banger. I like this guy. He's a good fighter. He's fan friendly. But that's not going to, that's bad news for him tonight. But is one of the, the best. I, there are two relevant fighters right now who have wins over Usyk in the amateurs. The pound-for-pound pound heavyweight champion, uh, Usyk. There are two guys. One of them, Sean Porter. I don't know if we can call him relevant anymore. And the other ones are to Baturbiev. These guys fought three times. He beat Usyk once. He smashes Joe Smith Jr., and that and and that's where we're headed is Bivol Baturbiev and Baturbiev beats him too. That Canelo fight, I'm never gonna get to see it because Bivol showed us exactly what would happen in that fight, except Canelo would get stopped. Would be the only difference if he fought Baturbiev. Joe Smith isn't ready for this. This is it's gonna look like they're in different weight classes. I think the only streak that might end is Baturbiev's knockout streak in this fight. I think that Joe Smith Jr., um, he, in the, his loss to Sullivan Brera had a broken jaw after round two, and he got tagged the whole rest of the fight, and, and, he, and, he, and he lasted the, the – he went the distance. He's a tough kid. The, the talent level between these two guys, it's not even close. Uh, but Terbiev is so much better than – Joe Smith is – a less athletic Deontay Wilder. <laughs> I, I mean, all he does, it's, it's just, you're con- I'm going to wind up and throw the big right. You're not going to land it on Baturbiev. And you're going to eat a whole lot of punches trying to throw it. I don't know that he, I don't know that I, I'll, I don't think I, I don't think Joe Smith Jr. is getting knocked out. He got stopped once before, Joe. Once. Eddie Caminero, seven and nine. It was a TKO, and I chalked it up too early in his career. It was a bad night. This guy's gone the distance with a lot of people he probably shouldn't have. Um, but Derbyev wins this fight. I would say I feel like in my head I'm seeing the number eight. I don't know if that's where the beating gets so bad that they step in and end in, or maybe he does knock Smith out. But Turbiev wins this fight. You'll see You'll see the difference in and why there's too many belts and why guys like Joe Smith Jr. shouldn't have belts. Yeah, 
that's and that's I think the biggest thing is you're going to see the difference here. So we're we're on different pages as far as the stoppage. I think Smith gets stopped here, but uh, we're not on different pages. That these are two different classes of fighters. And yeah. this is the problem. It's like we say about the Paul brothers. You're going to end up getting one of these guys hurt because you have the general public believing that Logan should fight Canelo and Jake should fight, you know, Bud Crawford. It doesn't make sense. Uh, again, in his last fight against Steve Jaffard, he, 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 Jaffard took the fight on eight days notice. They went, they went nine rounds. That's embarrassing. The fight against Vlasov. Joe Smith Jr. lost that fight. Yes. Yep. He sure uh, did. That was a that was highway robbery. So, I don't know. I, I, uh, Jared, maybe he does get knocked out. I just feel like he's got a lot of heart. He's a tough kid. Doesn't expend a lot of energy because again, it's just a you know a constant wind up and a throw. But Vlasov's a good a good uh, uh, measuring stick. You know, like he's big, tall. Used to fight over 190 um, and wanted to bully Joe Smith. And it was a close, close fight. He doesn't have near the technical ability Paterbiev does. Right. Um, I've got four or five, maybe. Four, five, six. I think by four or five, it's going to get to a point where Joe Smith goes, all right, let's bang. And that's when he's going to get knocked out. He'll be down three to one, maybe won the first round. And in the fifth round, he's like, all right. Time for me to go win a round. And that's when bad things will happen to him. He'll open up and he'll get clipped. I I, I don't, don't know. Take I'm, I'm struggling. I'm not taking Joe Smith. I'm taking okay. Viterbi. You're but, the over-under you're struggling with. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, it, it's MSG for me. It's at MSG. I feel like that. With a lot of boxers, it has a lot of meaning. I mean, it's one of the biggest. Like, that's where really when, yeah, there was the Deontay Wilder fight. But after that, with uh, with Tyson Fury, and MSG to me, when, when he, it was like Otto Whalen or whatever, and he comes out in, in the Apollo Creed get up, and then like serenades his wife after. Like, that's where he's still like, where he really broke out. And I think MSG's that, that spot for like these these guys that are are these international guys where and especially now this fight you have the whole world's watching unless you're watching the 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 cater emmett fight but that's going to be early because that's a fight night anyway the whole world is watching and this is your this is your point but the thing is is joe smith that's his backyard he's from long island so i think this is going to be a tough tough fight i'm, I'm gonna go I'm kind of leaning with Joe. It might go the distance, but no, I, I, I think Paterbiev. I like. I like. I'm gonna go lucky number seven, Arthur Paterbiev. By the way, Jared, I am saying if this thing does go the distance, I mean Joe Smith would be wobbling on his feet and beat. I mean, it's it's not like I think Paterbiev's not gonna beat the bejesus out of him because I definitely do. He's a far superior boxer. Uh, let alone anything, just a better boxer, better technical skills. I just think Joe Smith Jr. is almost too dumb to go down. Oh, I, I, I like that. Guy's training is outrageous. 
I've seen Baturbiev do things in training that I don't I'm a firm believer like I can do that. I'm one of those I can do that guys, you know. I'm not going to do like a double backflip or run a 4440. But if you show me something, I'll figure it out. A balance trick or any of those sleight of hand things, you know, I'll figure it out. I've, I've got the if it can be figured out with what I'm working with, I can figure it out. And I see him do things that other people just are. This guy is so strong that Joe Smith is not going to stand up to this. Eight and a half is way too long for him to be in the ring with Baturbiev. If 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 Baturbiev doesn't stop Joe Smith, I'll shave my head. Love it. <laughs> we'll all <laughs> shave our heads. <laughs> I mean, I could see, I could see Joe Smith having having his Rocky moment, though. But, I mean, that that's the best you can get from Joe Smith out of this fight, though. Yeah, you have. I hope Rocky. it's not a Rocky ride to the hospital. Is all I'm saying. No. More like. <laughs> but uh, no. Also, I mean, Jared, you've talked about before in your flurry, surround yourself with the right people. One of Arthur Baturbiev's best friends is GSP. So I mean. You talk about being great. You want to be great. It's one of the greatest to ever do it. In oh, and one of the greatest trainers and you're just human beings that I'm that I'm familiar with is uh, John Scully. Iceman Scully is also in Baturbiev's corner. So yeah. you look around that guy. He's definitely got program. Right. Yes, sir. But, uh, yeah. So uh, it's going to be a fun one. I'm excited for it. That's going to be. Biggest fight of the night. There's a lot more fights going on, Jared. And with that comes opportunities to make money. So how are you going to make us some money on these fights tonight? So I put down $20 to win $380. Uh, round robin these threes and fours for $4. It's five sets of $4. There's that under for Baturbiev that I'm the only one that likes. Uh, Greg Rodriguez under versus Julian Marquez. Uh, Roman Deladze, I did in my up-and-comers bit, and he's a plus 230 against Dawkins. Look at them. They are on different trajectories. This is my upset special for the, for the day. This is the biggest number I like. And um, one of the most underrated fighters in MMA history, Joe Lozon. Comes in and gets it done against Donald Cerrone. All of these plus money except for that Greg Rodriguez, Julian Marquez fight. Now, a little bit of advice. Take those other three with the plus money, especially those bottom two. And if you want to swap out either one of those top two because you're feeling like Joe or Jace, that's fine. But those bottom two, those are the ones to add into your plus money round robin and get paid. I see Joe working furiously with his pen. As we all should be doing. Deladze, Qatar under. Let's get it. Hell yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for the fights. Big shout out to Chris Sawyer and Annie Mac Home Mortgage, uh, Shamrock Home Inspection, and Mosquito Shield for sponsoring today's episode. Fun, fun fights tonight. Uh, Cater versus Emmett, going to be a banger. Paterbia versus Joe Smith, going to be a banger. Make sure you have your popcorn ready and tuned in because those are going to be fun for myself, Big Jace, Joe White, Jared Jones. 
that's going to do it for throwing jabs. But wait, we're going to end the show like we always do. And Jared, hit us with that flurry. Buying time. So most of us have a have an hourly wage that we make every four minutes. We make a dollar at $15 an hour. Every two minutes, we make a dollar at 30 $60 an hour, you're making a dollar a minute. So your minute is worth a dollar. Um, and we all have a way to value our time into a pocket of money. And the other day, my wife was offered a bonus at work to stay for an extra few hours and turned it down. And when her coworker asked her why, when the numbers are working and you're eating, I just rather spend the time with my family. And I started thinking about those numbers and those pockets of time and and how whether your whether your dollar's worth one minute, two minutes, four minutes, an hour, four hours when you get home, your children are going to be four hours older. That four hours is going to be gone. That version of your best friend, of your wife, of your children uh, disappears in that moment forever. So whenever you're trading those minutes in for dollars, understand that you have to eat, but there is no buying time. Thanks, guys. Throwing jabs, always full sand. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jay's Clover Crest, top three corner man. Punching in with a punch's chance. We find a way to win. The main event, lock it in. Every Saturday at 10, the overhand is out of hand. When it comes to fisticuffs, slide a hand on the undercard. You'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got you missing wave. Feet are stepping late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand in eighth, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move. Bob and wave, don't lose hope against the ropes. There's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round, bells ringing, counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging we bringing crosses with no worship hooks with no verses combinations with no locks when you feel the flurry it's curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats relax if you want the facts because the best combat podcast is throwing jabs My name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Meek, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.